0: Thank you, thank you. so mom is mom has disappeared and Rowan this little child he's heartbroken he doesn't understand why she's gone and why she left and dad's got his own grief about this that he's dealing with in his own quiet way and Rowan needs to understand that it's like not his fault but dad doesn't want to get into the whole fairy thing. Because Rowan, of course, doesn't know that he's half fairy because they're passing as humans. And dad is worried that if Rowan knows the truth that he'll run away and try to find mom. and, And he'll have lost, at this point, his only remaining living family. So he tells like a twisted version of the truth, which is that mother was taken by the fairies, that she was kidnapped. And by the way, the fairies would be very interested in kidnapping you as well. So don't let yourself be taken. So, throughout Act Two, we're kind of exploring Rowan's childhood as he's growing up, and there are numerous credible attempts to kidnap him by various agents of fairydom. And usually, they like take the guise of some animal and come and befriend him, and then start to lead him away. And uh, there are a couple close calls. So Dad, he starts implementing like security measures. So he's got like a kooky fairyologist consultant like person who like advises him. So first they, what they do is they ward the castle. So the castle is like inherently a place of power that's like very old, has been in their family a long time. And, and then over each of the windows and doors and entranceways, they create these wrought iron metalworks because iron is basically like anti, it's like an anti-fairy substance. And so they create these ironworks and cast these like rituals on them. And now it's essentially like an invisible force field. That encases the castle, and the castle's like an anti-magic zone that fairies the fairies cannot enter without the explicit consent of the master of the house. So Rowan is drilled very, very early, but because like he's you know part of this lineage, like under no circumstances should you ever let anyone in. You should never personally invite anyone in, because if they're a fairy, that lets them come in, and if they're not a fairy, like the servants can let them in. So they've got the castle warded, and as long as Rowan is inside, like he's safe. Uh, fortunately Rowan does not like being inside. He's like this wild child, half fairy person. Like he wants to be outside all the time. And then he's vulnerable when he's outside. And so they have to increase their security and they have to like provide him some way of being protected when he's outside. So they fashion these like iron protectants for him to wear that as long as he's wearing them he can't be seen or touched by fairies. The unfortunate thing though is that iron hurts him. If he were a full fairy it would burn him like he would like catch on fire when he's touched by iron but he's only half fairy so instead it leaves no marks and does no obvious damage but it just is painful to touch and the tragic thing is they don't believe him that it hurts because Rowan is in general like a very willful and eccentric person and he also doesn't like getting his hair cut or wearing shoes and he's proven himself like willing and capable of lying, cheating, manipulating his way out of wearing shoes. And like they're trying to get him to like put on his iron protectors. He's like, I don't want it! You know, you're not very articulate as a young child. And they just think he's like being a brat. So this poor kid wants to be outside all the time, has to wear these like essentially like torture devices to go outside. And sometimes he just gets fed up with the whole situation and he'll like escape out the window onto the roof. And then there are these sequences where like, you know, he's kind of dancing under the stars and indulging his fairy like wild child hippy dippy animal urges and these moments are the only time that mom can ever see him when he's outside the wards without his protectants and so to her it looks like this kid is miserable like she only ever sees him when he's at his most exasperated so to her it's like he's look at him he's such a fairy and to her it looks like he's being like abused and repressed and so she's like more determined than ever to like get him back. And there starts to be these like weird occurrences in the kingdom, like lots of random bad luck, like a storm will cause a tree to fall on the building, and it's like, oh, that's unfortunate. But then stuff like that starts happening more and more and more frequently, to the point where it starts to feel supernatural. So dad has to spend increasing amounts of time outside of the castle dealing with shit. And Rowan is left alone increasingly and when he ventures to express some like sadness or resentment about that, like dad's pretty brusque about it. He's like, well yeah, like this is what it means to be rulers. You've grown up with all these privileges, like you have you've always had the best of everything, and those privileges don't come for free. The price is that your life doesn't really belong to you. It belongs to them. So you just gotta suck it up. And so these are kind of like the values that Ron learns from his father. So he and dad kind of have like a complicated relationship, but there, there is at some point a bit of a breakthrough where, so, so the way it happens is Rowan as a prince is expected to be involved in the military and that kind of thing, like as he gets older. And so he has all this martial training. And as, when he's a child, like this generally takes place with these wooden sparring swords. And then when he's 10 or 11 or so, like it's time to graduate up to metal steel sparring swords, and it's supposed to be really exciting. And that day comes, and he is just getting his ass handed to him in the training yard, because of course the sword is painful for him to hold. And dad is watching this, and and it doesn't make a lot of sense, because he's like performing much worse than usual, and he can see that Rowan hates this. So Rowan's very proud, and he hates getting owned in this way, And as dad is watching this, he realizes that holy fuck, Rowan was telling the truth the whole time about the iron. And dad's like, like, I'm an asshole. Like he realizes what he's kind of been like imposing on him all these years. And so he starts coming out of that, he starts making more concessions for him and accommodations like the next day, all the swords have now like wooden hilts instead of bare steel. So now, and he also like, his iron protectants he like fashions for him a gentler version of it that's like not quite as large or painful like more comfortable for him and then the culmination of this so when Rowan's about like 13 or 14 and it's his birthday and it's like kind of like a milestone birthday because like people kind of like grow up pretty quickly in that era so it's his birthday and dad is has like a surprise for him and he takes him up through the castle like up all these stairs to the highest point of the castle and then they come into this room this bedroom it's infer that this is like his new bedroom and Rowan's kind of confused because the room's like not that impressive it's like kind of smaller than his old one and like, it doesn't seem like an upgrade but okay and dad's like okay the room's not that special but it's got a great view and he goes and he opens what looks to be a set of balcony doors, but when he opens them, he reveals that it's actually this enormous garden, this enormous rooftop garden, like this beautiful circular garden with trees and shrubs and grass. And the entire garden is kind of covered with this iron, almost looks like a birdcage, like this iron dome with these bars. And because of that, it's warded. It's like part of the it's part of the castle's protection. And, and Rowan's like dumbstruck, like it like doesn't compute for a long time. Like he's like, wait, this is, this is for me. Like this is my room now, and this this gesture is the most dramatic gesture Dad has ever made. That he, he's like, I love you, and I care about you. I want you to be happy. Like this garden has no practical purpose other than to make him happy. So it's like this really special moment for them. And then shortly thereafter, Dad comes to Rowan and he says, I have to I have to go on a mission, and he. And Rowan's like, when, okay, like, he's kind of used to it by this point, but it's like, when will you be back? He's like, I don't know, but I will be back. So just, you know, be good. Remember everything I've taught you. Just wait for me, all right? And Rowan's like, okay. And they say their goodbye, and Dad heads off on this mission that he's being annoyingly cryptic about. And so now Rowan's alone at the castle, and while Dad's away, we sort of explore, like, so so this has been going on for a while, but it's been getting worse as he gets older so he's having these like various struggles with the staff in particular there's like a chancellor figure who's the second in command like the guy who's in charge when dad's away and when dad's away the number one imperative that he like places on his staff is make sure that Rowan does not get kidnapped by fairies like that is rule number one and so Rowan you know he's like 13 or 14 he's like starting to take on a role in the military. And he's trying to like be taken seriously. He's like this preteen teen pipsqueak, but trying to be taken seriously. And like, it really does not help that he's being coddled and babied and like fussed over all the time. And so they're having their various struggles. And then they get word at the castle that dad has disappeared. So dad had left with this entourage of people. And just one morning, he was gone. They couldn't find him. Like, there was no sign of struggle. It was like he evaporated. And so this news makes its way back to the castle, and it is big fucking crisis, obviously. And it brings to a head this conflict that's been brewing between Rowan and this chancellor guy, where Rowan's reaction is like, holy shit, Like, we, we have to find him, we have to go out, we have to figure out what happened to him. And this, this chancellor's perspective is like, holy shit, the king is missing or has probably been taken by fairies. And we better extra make sure that his only heir does not also get taken. Like, threat level of fairy kidnappings has just been elevated to extreme. Um, We got to hunker down, like, defend ourselves. So they're engaging in this power struggle. And at first, it really seems like this chancellor is winning. Like, he's very experienced. He's been doing this job for, like, Roan's grandfather. And then one night, he is roughly woken up by soldiers and thrown into a prison cell, and he's really confused, doesn't know why this is happening. And then Rowan comes in, and now he understands what's happening. And what's happening is Rowan is staging a military coup, slash seizing his rightful power, depending on whose narrative you subscribe to. <laughs> and so this guy's like, oh God, this is more serious than he thought. He's trying to save his ass, trying to like, you know negotiate his way out of this prison cell. And Rowan's like, look, it's not personal. But I have to do this. And you are in my way. You're slowing me down. Thank you for your service. And he leaves. So now Rowan's in charge. Rowan is in charge. It is first item on the agenda of the Rowan administration is we got to find dad like living or dead, we're gonna go out, we're gonna figure out solve this, this mystery of what's happened to dad. So he is massing this big expedition, like massing together all the soldiers and like all this like support and preparing for this big expedition. So we're gonna leave him there for the time being and find out what happened to dad. So, all right, rewinding back to when dad left. So dad left because he He's kind of suspected by now that all this random bad luck and shit that's happening is essentially Rowan's mother waging magic fairy warfare against his kingdom over Rowan to get him back, and that the only way things will ever stop or get better is if he somehow finds her and convinces her to cut it out. So he's out searching, and he finds, like, a woods witch, this, like, strange woman who lives in the forest and claims to have an affinity for fairies, and this woman... She allows mom to possess her, essentially, because mom, of course, cannot return to the human realm, but she still has, like, magic. She still has an ability to influence the human realm, and so she, you know, possesses this woods witch, and dad's able to talk to her for the first time. Like, he hasn't spoken to his wife in 10 years. And it starts out really, like, business-like. Like, Like, I'd like to negotiate the cessation of hostilities (laughs) against my kingdom, and it pretty quickly devolves into a lover's spat it pretty quickly becomes, like, how, how could you leave me? Like, you promised, you promised you would always be mine and that I would be, like, how could you betray me like this? And how could you try to take Rowan away from me? And then it twists on itself, and they, they've got this really complicated, like, love-hate thing now, and, and it twists, and it becomes, come back. Like, come, come back home. We'll, 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 we'll mend whatever was broken about us, and we, we miss you, and Rowan misses you, and, like, please, like, come back home. And she tells him that he she can't. And he hadn't realized, he hadn't known that, that the magic, she's magically barred from returning to the human realm. So he's processing that, this news, and and then she turns it around. She's like, you and Rowan should come and join me in Fairy World. And Dad's got this conflict where on the one hand, he's very tempted by this, because back before his family died, they'd always fantasized about that. They'd always fantasized about one day he would come and join her and they would explore this magical realm together. But he's like, I I, I can't, you know, I've got these duties and now they're just rehashing and rehashing this fight that they've had countless times by now. And they're at this impasse and then they finally, they finally reach this compromise, this deal. And this is how it works. So she will stop her warfare and in exchange, he will come with her to Fairy World for a, one day. And during that day, he will consent to being placed under a spell that causes him to forget that his family ever died. Because her hypothesis is that this whole narrative about honor and duty and obligation is really an elaborate cover story for him like being still really fucked up about what happened to his family and not really confronting it. And that if, he, if that hadn't happened, that this is his true heart's desire to come and live with her. And so he, he takes her up on it. He's like, okay. And, and then the second part of the deal is that he will relax the wards of the castle so that she can scry on Rowan. Even if she cannot enter, she can at least see him. And the way that these wards work, they're like keyed to the, the master of the castle. And so he can do this by just consenting to it, just like you can invite a So they go and he goes with her and they have this beautiful day in fairy world. Like, you know, the this, this spell takes effect and he, and his memory now, like they never died and, and he eventually like ran away with her like he always wanted to. And now they live together and they're like so in love and, and his like personality reverts overnight back to how he used to be. And they have this amazing, romantic, beautiful day. And at the end of the day, she can't bring herself to lift the spell like, he's so happy, and they're so happy, and there are all these things she wanted to show him, and they barely scratch the surface, and like, just just one more day won't hurt. One more day. Like, I swear to Mother God, tomorrow I'll lift the spell, and he'll, he'll he'll understand. And so then she's procrastinating and procrastinating, and so this thing is dragging on. And the one really terrible part of all this, besides that he's under the spell now for longer than he'd agreed to be, is that because the spell sort of depends on plausibility, like you can't believe clearly absurd things, it causes him to forget that they ever had Rowan. Because the illusion doesn't make sense otherwise. Like, it'd be like, where, where is he? Why is he not with us? So, like, he, he just is caused to forget about it. And so, this is really painful for her because he's like, oh, I'm really happy, but it's like, really a shame that we've never been able to have kids. Like, I really wish we could have kids. And so, she is now more determined than ever that she has to get Rowan and, and bring him home so that she and dad and Rowan can all three of them like, be together in the fairy world. So she comes and she travels to the castle in the guise of this woods witch who is like, her ally. And Rowan, now we're going to switch and rejoin Rowan. Rowan's organizing this expedition, and it's like late at night, and everyone's kind of encamped outside. And he's just like pacing the castle alone, thinking about like, just like, mentally going over this expedition. And he hears a knock at the door. And he's a bit sleep deprived and a bit desperate. So it, it should be it should have registered that it's very strange for there to be a knock. Like people don't generally knock at castles. Like they are greeted and then they are escorted and then they're announced like like they don't just rock up and knock. But in his state, his sleep deprived state, he's like maybe it's dad. Maybe 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 dad's back. And so he goes and he answers the door and it's not dad. It's this this weird old woman who, uh, how, how did she get past the guards? Oh, okay, um, and, and so now mom is looking at him and it's like, oh my God, like her son, her beautiful son, she's not seen him. She hasn't seen him this close in like 10 years. And she wants to say, it's me, it's me, baby, it's me, it's your mother. But that doesn't make sense. She's not in her natural body. So what comes out is I'm, I'm a friend of your mother's. And now in Rowan's head, he's like, oh, it's a fairy. Oh shit, oh no. <laughs> like, fuck. Like, woo woo, woo, this is not a drill. There's a fairy at the door. Oh, oh, oh jeez. Okay. So so you know, he's been trained for this eventuality. And so she's like, Can I come in? He says, No, you may not. <laughs> That's the one rule. That if he remembers nothing else, like never let anyone in. And he starts to close the door on her and she goes, wait, wait, wait. I have something for you. And then she produces for him this single rose. And she's hoping that he'll remember. Like, you know, he's very young when she disappeared, but she's hoping he'll remember that night and that, that it'll signify that she's telling the truth. And he does remember, and what it does is it makes him very upset. Because to him it's like these fucking fairies stole his mother, and now they're taunting him. So he he gets really emotional and really upset and he Tells her essentially to get the fuck out. And now mom is having a crisis because this conversation is not going the way she had imagined that it would. Because like, she thought he was this like wild fairy creature, and Rowan is not how she expected to find him. Like the the son that she remembers is this wild little beastling and this buttoned up, serious faced prince. Like he's like a stranger to her. And when did he start wearing shoes? He hates shoes. Like to her, it looks like he's essentially had the fairy abused out of him and that they've like stamped it out and now he doesn't even remember her he he's forgotten her and everything she ever stood for and she's really upset about this and fairy magic is kind of based off of emotion like if you're having really strong emotions you can cast really powerful magic and and so he's like leaving uh, you know he's like closing the door on her again and she's like come home like like come home like baby and he He's like, he's like, no, like, fuck you. And she's like, come home. And this, this magical energy just like bursts out of her and the spell ripples out across the land. It's like this uncontrollable thing because she's so upset. And the spell does a number of things. The, the first effect that it has is it turns so that this kingdom is made up of farmland and towns. And then as a the spell is rippling out, it transforms into deep primeval wilderness huge old trees and then all the all the citizens of Rowan's realm turn into wild animals kind of like sentient talking wild animals and then furthermore the spell is really powerful so furthermore all of their surrounding neighboring kingdoms forget that they ever existed as a kingdom so now like their memories have all been like retconned to be like oh yeah like that those lands were always deep primeval untamed forests that we never tried to tame for some reason why oh it's 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 probably maybe it's haunted oh yeah it's totally haunted yeah like (laughs) you know like the illusion is like a little tenuous there so it it acquires overnight this like spooky like haunted forest reputation so anyway like this stuff is and obviously Ron doesn't see all of this but he can tell like something very weird is happening he's like what are you doing stop and he steps over the threshold to challenge her with his sword and and his panic He's not wearing his amulet, his iron protectant. Normally he never leaves the castle without it, but he's, he's panicking and he goes out without it and she gets a hand on him and as she touches him, he turns into a beast. So I'm gonna pause and paint you a picture of this Rowan beast. So Rowan beast, he's like a full quadruped, like wild animal and he's about the size of a lion But he's got the hindquarters of a wolf, like wolf legs and tail. His front paws, though, are more feline than canine. Like cats can kind of twist their wrists and grab things, kind of use them almost like hands. And he's got like a wolf muzzle, and he's got these antlers. At this point in the story, he's still only like 13 or 14, so they're they're like these little spike young buck antlers. And he's got these deer ears to match the antlers, big, swiddly expressive deer ears. And finally, he's got huge golden cat eyes like the kind of eyes that a cougar or a tiger would have so that's the rowan beast so rowan's been transformed and he's like like alarmed and he, he he like scuttles backwards into the castle and as he crosses over the threshold of this castle he turns back into a human and and he, he's just like collapsed on the ground like like what was that like what, what the fuck was that and, and he he kind of creeps up to the threshold of the castle. And he, he like extends an arm out over the threshold. And as it's extending, it's turning into a paw. So he's like animal outside of the wards, human inside the wards. And then he pulls his arm back really quickly. And she's watching him. And she says, you're, you're afraid of it. You're, they've taught you to be afraid of who you really are on the inside. And that makes no sense to him, and he—he's he, like ah, threatening. Clearly, didn't improve his situation, so now he's like pleading. He's, I don't know what we've done to offend you, but please put it back to how it was before. Like, please restore my kingdom. I'll—I'll I will do anything. And she said, I can't. Like, the spell is cast. You have to come home to lift it. And he's like, what? What does that mean? And she's like, come home, come come home, and the spell will be lifted. And then she disappears. And that is the end of Act Two.